Welcome everyone to Missing Pieces episode nine. If you're new here, this is the podcast where I share my life in Lego and I'm usually excited to come down here and make these episodes for you. But in this case, I'm really not. I'm tired of thinking about this subject. I'm tired of dwelling on this subject and I wish that I could just move on with my life. But as a YouTube creator, especially a full-time YouTuber, it's not possible. This is going to affect me, at least I think in a major way, maybe a smaller way, I'm hoping. And even you, if you're not a YouTube creator, it's gonna affect you as a viewer as well. And I'm gonna get into that here. If you guys wanna know what COPPA is, it's the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And I actually made a podcast about this two months ago when they first announced it. But this week, it's come under fire again because YouTube finally came out and they kind of gave us an idea of what videos are gonna be affected. And they gave us like the actual rules as to what classifies as, kid con as kids content. And I've watched so many videos about this this week. I've searched for COPPA every single day and I've watched all the new videos and there has been so many people, both in the Lego space and in the toy space and just in general, that have come through and really talked about this eloquently and explained it and I just was like, wow, this is gonna be really big. And I kind of felt it was gonna be that way, but I had hope in my heart that it wasn't gonna be that bad. And again, it still might not be that bad, but I'm gonna talk about it here. This podcast is gonna be what COPPA is, the backstory on it, how kids programming is determined, the consequences of that, and then what I'm going to do going forward here on not only this channel, but also my vlogging channel as well, because some of you may or may not know I also have a family vlog. So I'm gonna be like doubly affected by this. So um, let's get into it. What is COPPA? COPPA is the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and it was started in 1998 to protect children, which are kids that are under 13, from evil corporations like YouTube and Google. I'm joking, of course, but it actually is somewhat true because Google and YouTube, one company in the same, has been collecting data, knowingly collecting data on kids under 13 and selling that to advertisers. As such, the FTC who controls this fined YouTube $170 million. I believe it was a settlement. And then they were forced to make some changes going forward. And that's where things really start getting scary here because the changes that they decided to make were, I guess, a good thing. They weren't gonna collect data on kids under 13, but it wasn't on them to figure that out. It's on you or me as a YouTube creator. Every time we upload a video here and also going back to all of our catalog of videos, which I have probably over 3000 videos online between my two channels, I have to decide whether each one of those videos is made for kids or not made for kids. And you would think that that's something that's pretty simple, right? Made for kids, you know the videos that you've seen out there, like. I'm not gonna say any names. I've, I've trashed some, some uh, creators before, but you know a kid's video when you see it. Everybody has seen these videos and it, it, they're the ones that really make you just not feel good about yourself when you're, when you're seeing what maybe these parents are doing to the kids or forcing them to, to, to do. And you have to question whether the kid actually wants to do it or not. And maybe some people feel that about me because I make videos with my son, but I think it's pretty clear that we're both as passionate about this as, as we possibly can be. So. I'm not gonna say that I'm completely innocent of not making kids content because as, as we go through here and I describe what kids content is, I think you'll find that I am. And you may also find that if you make even the slightest video about Lego or toys or even maybe even having a kid that's under 13 in your video or you're possibly under 13, you may be in violation of this. So what is made for kids? And again, it was, it's a question that I think should be pretty easy to answer. But it's really not. YouTube did give us some deciding factors here and I'm gonna read this off to you so you can kind of get a gist of what Made for Kids is. So they say you should consider the following factors. The subject matter of the videos, 
whether it's educational content for preschoolers, which I don't think a lot of people do that, but the preschooler videos are kind of what I think COPPA is targeting here. It says, whether children are your intended or actual audience for the video. So if you intend for your videos to reach preschoolers or even kids that may be old as 12, you may have a made for kids video. But then the other thing comes into play is your actual audience. So I can make a video, say I'm just a fun dude that's in his 30s and I like doing stuff, but then kids for some reason find my videos appealing for some reason, they start watching them. Even though I'm not intending for my videos to be for kids, being that kids are watching them, I may have to classify my videos as made for kids. So the next one here, this is the one that I really need some clarification on because this could impact me 100%. It says whether the video includes child actors or models. So a child actor, I have a vision in my mind of what a child actor is, and I think we all do. Again, I'm not gonna put any names out there, but if you think of some very big YouTube channels that are made for kids, and you, you may see this kid's face at your local Walmart, Target, he may have a Nickelodeon show and all this stuff, I would consider that a child actor. Does having a kid in your video automatically make them a child actor. Like I just had a, I made a joke about Clark. I have a video from the day he was born. I have videos all throughout his life, but on the day that Clark was born and I, I showed him on his first day of life, was he then considered a child actor in that video? I don't know. It's possible that he's a child actor. Uh, maybe even more so today, like, cause he is really animated, but I, I wouldn't consider Clark an actor. I wouldn't put that down as his, as the definition of him, but I could see how maybe that that could, they could seem that way. Uh, but I don't think that they're trying to target people that just have kids in their videos. Like if I'm sharing my life and Clark's in it with me, I don't know, it's it's a big question. I need to clarify that a little more, but I'm, I'm not criticizing just yet. Well, I am a little bit, I kind of want to get through these though. This is the one that I think is gonna be really damning for the, the Lego space. This says whether the video includes characters, celebrities, or toys that appeal to children, including animated characters and cartoon figures. So this is the one that everyone's in an uproar about because there's a lot of people that do action figure stuff, whether intended for adults or kids, there's people that do animations, there's people that play video games, Minecraft, Roblox, Fortnite, all of these things are, are toys or games that appeal to, to children, right? But the question becomes, is your intended audience those children? Because you can make Lego videos that kids find extremely boring and have no interest in watching, but does the fact that it has Lego in it, does that make it for kids? And some people seem to think yes. Uh, also goes on to say whether the video includes activities that appeal to children, such as play acting, simple songs or games, or early education. So activities that appeal to children, what does that mean? Obviously it's gonna be like little sing-along stuff. It's gonna be where you're playing with toys and making noises for them and stuff. That's fine. But a lot of activities appeal to children. I am a huge fan of RC vehicles, like I've mentioned before. Is me as an adult going out and playing with an RC truck, is that considered appealing to kids? Even though the, the truck may be $400 and most kids don't have that kind of money, but maybe just the act of seeing an RC truck going through a creek or something, maybe that's appealing to kids, therefore made for kids. Again, there's a lot of gray area here, and I knew this was gonna be the case, but we're gonna talk about this a little bit further. There's more. Whether the video includes songs, stories, or poems for children, and any other, any other information you may have to determine your video's audience, like empirical evidence of the video's audience. So if you see a lot of kids that love your stuff or commenting, you should use that information and know whether it's for kids or not. So again, this is a lot of stuff to take in here, and there's a lot of gray area. I know what you would consider 
for kids, at least in my mind for kids, is one thing. It's the stuff you find on YouTube Kids right now. It's the stuff where the people are talking in a certain way and the kids are, are involved in a certain way. But this stretches way beyond that and influences a lot of communities here on YouTube, specifically the Lego community, which is we're in, and then also the toy community as well. Even if you're an adult that loves collecting just like $300 figures and you like doing reviews on those, that's appealing to kids. And the thing is, you may think right now, it's like, okay, Greg, no big deal. So what? Your videos, your RC videos, or your action figure videos that have these figures that kids really can't even afford. Why don't you just market this for kids? Play it safe, put it as for kids, and move on with your life. That'd be fine with me if that was as simple as that. But there are some major consequences for this, not only for me, but also for you. And this is where people are having an issue with this, and for, for good reason. So, What's gonna happen when you click made for kids on that particular video? First thing, there's no more comments or notifications on that video. So it, the big thing with YouTube, and I've experienced the, the negative side of this is comments. You love getting that feedback from your people. It's one of the most rewarding things I think about being a content creator is putting something out there that you're proud of and then having people comment back to you that they love it or that you made a mistake and you're an idiot. I mean, whatever it is, it's nice to have that feedback to know whether you're on the right track or if you're not, and sometimes I take that feedback and I use that to make better videos or it strikes an idea for a video. I've even made videos replying to comments and it's the thing I think that makes YouTube special because I love watching a video and I always go down to the comments to read them when they're available. Of course, my Greg's World channel, which is my vlog channel, doesn't have comments because a year or two ago, there were pedophiles, they were trying to leave comments on kids' videos. And once again, YouTube, instead of doing the simple thing to correct stuff, like what we should be doing here, they're like, let's just remove comments on a whole batch of kid-related videos, like family vlogs and such. So you'll see a lot of channels that don't have comments now, and I can tell you from personal experience, what we're about to see here, it sucks because you you don't have that. I literally put videos out to the world. I don't know whether they like them, whether they don't like them. I don't know the people that's watching them. It's just, it goes into this void, and I see the views, I may see the likes, which again, I don't think you're gonna be able to like videos anymore if you market this for kids. There's gonna be no notifications of your videos. So if you, unless you're a person that's very consistent, like I feel like I could survive this because I generally put out videos each day and somewhat around the same time. But if you're a, a guy or a girl that puts out a video maybe once every two weeks, every month, unless someone specifically is going through their, their subscriptions, which I tend to do because I'm a heavy YouTube user, but I think a lot of people just rely on notifications. They'll never know your video's there. I've seen this go even further. I don't know whether this is true, so take this for a grain of salt, but I also heard from at least one person in the toy community that YouTube is just gonna bury your video. So you won't have comments, likes, notifications, your community tab may be gone, but then they're also not gonna show your video in the in the search results. Like they're just gonna try to hide your video because it's made for kids, which is you know, a really terrible thing. So that's how it affects you as a viewer and somewhat as a creator. But the biggest thing as a creator is that the way that YouTube is run now is off of personalized ads. So anytime you watch an ad, mostly on YouTube, it's a personalized ad, which means that they use data about what you were doing in the past, which is the thing that they weren't supposed to do for kids under 13, to serve you an ad. So say you really love cars, for example, and you watch all kinds of videos about vehicles and maintenance and racing and all this stuff, they might serve you an ad that's for, for tires or something like that, or a garage or auto parts. And to me, that's like, that's awesome because it's relevant. Like I don't wanna see an ad about women's high heels if I love watching cars, right? They can't do that now if your video is marked for kids. They can't give personalized ads. So you're gonna see, there's still gonna be ads. There's still gonna be 
money to be made or money to be earned, I suppose, on these, but supposedly it's going to be less. Some people have estimated that the, the decrease in revenue is going to be between 60 and 90% of what you're making now. So if say you were one of the lucky people to make $100 per month and you got money from YouTube each month, that could go down as low as $10. I want to talk more about that here in a bit because I think that's maybe a little uh, overestimated and I think things are going to change a little bit with that. But nonetheless, there's gonna be a different type of ad that shows up called context type ads or context-based ads, which is just like what TV is. Like you might be watching a, might watching a show and being that YouTube can't collect any data on you because the video is made for kids, they might just show you just show you a random ad that's based on that video, which is still okay because if I'm making a video about RC trucks, they might show you an RC truck ad, which makes sense, right? But if you're a person that watches a bunch of different stuff and then you watch RC, it may not necessarily appeal to you. And as such, advertisers don't want to pay nearly as much for context-based ads versus the ones that they use now, which are personalized, at least now. So what you'll see from this, this kind of goes into the, the consequences of this. There's massive consequences. For YouTube, you're gonna see a lot of fewer people putting a lot of effort and time into this, specifically people that do this, maybe, I don't want to say for the money, but the money is like a, a really nice thing to have. Like think about the Lego space, for example, since that's where we're at. Lego costs money, right? And people that do review videos, for example, being that that review features a Lego set heavily in that in, in the, the, the shot there, that video would probably be considered for kids, right? So if you, you make that video, you still want to do it. And say you do this and you, the YouTube thing funds your hobby you're gonna make significantly less money from that video, at least as things stand right now, if it goes to a context-based ad. And it may encourage you to not wanna do that in the future. So say say it's a $20 set before, you could, you could make $20 off that video. You're doing really well on YouTube. And you're like, all right, I make $20 off that. In fact, I'll go out and get another set because I think the, the video will pay for it. Now, maybe not. And you might sit there and think, okay, I mean, I might make I might make $2 off that video, but is that worth me going out and spending $20 on the set and then going through all the production of that and putting the time and effort into it? Some people might say no. So I think as a consequence of this, if things go the way that it kind of seems like it, at least for now, when everyone's in panic mode, you might see a lot less professional content on YouTube. I know for certain actual kids' channels, they're done. They're done. In fact, Clark loves watching one called Izzy's Toy Time. They used to do all kinds of videos about trains and Thomas and Trackmaster, and he loves that channel, his favorite YouTube channel. When they announced that they were making these changes, when YouTube announced it and COPPA came into play, they immediately stopped making toy videos. They're now doing like family vlogs. And I guess it's good that they're still making videos, but how many creators that kids love to watch are just gonna stop making videos entirely because it's it's not worth the production, right? So what's gonna happen on YouTube is you're gonna have this space right now that's occupied by wholesome kids content that's enjoyable for kids. That stuff's gonna disappear and you're gonna be left with, I guess, middle of the road. Like you can't do things that are too far this way because you'll get demonetized. You can't do things too far this way because you'll be classified as kids and you'll make less money. So you have to find a, a middle ground where you're not showing toys, you're not like shooting guns, you're more in the middle where you're maybe swearing a little bit and you're doing stuff that isn't necessarily kids friendly, but those kids are still gonna be here and they're gonna wanna watch something on YouTube and they're gonna watch that stuff. So for a four-year-old, which is what I have, it's not gonna be a good place. It's not gonna be a great place on YouTube. Now I did say that these context ads, the, the revenue is gonna be less, but I think as, as videos get marked, and I wanna talk about 
why why you may want to mark your videos even if it's just kind of questionable because I know there's going to be a temptation and I know there was with me that it's like when this came out I was like well what exactly can I get away with here like obviously I have some Thomas videos myself I'm going to mark those as for kids right okay so that's that's for kids but then I have videos where it's just me and Clark hanging out and we're doing something that isn't necessarily toy related I kind of want to say that that's not meant for kids. It's kind of just a general audience. But if you don't market as for kids and YouTube misses it in their algorithm, they already came doing, they came through and did a sweep already and they hit about 60% of my videos. So I would say that I'm probably not in the clear here whatsoever. But again, don't put too much stake in that or stock in that because YouTube's algorithm isn't perfect. And if you don't mark a video that's supposedly meant for kids and the FTC does a sweep and comes through and sees that you have a video that they feel should have been meant for kids and you said, no, it wasn't, they can hit you with a $42,000 fine per video. So even if you only have 10 videos online and you're like, these are in the clear. I might be doing, I might have kids in my videos. I might be showing a Lego set, but I swear in my videos and I, I'm doing this in a very adult manner. It can, they can still like, they might just look at that. They might look at your thumbnail. They might watch five seconds of your video and they see a Lego set in there. Like this is for kids. Kids love Lego. They hit you with a fine. I don't know how hard or how easy this will be to police being that supposedly there's 23 million people that have uploaded videos to YouTube, but you don't want to be one of those people that tries to play it safe or tries to risk it and then gets hit with that fine and you might get hit all over your channel. And I think it, personally, I think it's gonna be one of those things where it's much like back when people used to illegally download music, they can't get everybody, but they're gonna hit a few people and make examples of people. And you definitely don't wanna be that person because that can be life ruining. Like if I just got hit with one video, I don't wanna, I don't wanna spend $42,000. I don't wanna take a mortgage out of my house to give money to the FTC. They hit me on 10 videos, like you're bankrupt, you're sunk and there's no getting out of this. There's no appeal process. And again, they aren't gonna do the due diligence to find out that the action figure that you're showing isn't a, a $5 GI Joe and that it's a $300 highly adult collectible. They don't care. They're just gonna hit you with that and it's gonna be bad. So I think it's best to play it safe here. I'm personally, at least on this channel, on Brickitect, I am gonna mark any videos that have Lego in them, like as a, as a focal point, as made for kids. Now podcasts, I mean, I do have Lego sets back here. I don't think though that the FTC and watching this video, even if they watch a little bit of it, when you have a 30 some year old dude just sitting here talking to a camera, I think I could be somewhat safe with these, I would think but it's questionable. So I'm gonna play it safe and mark my videos for kids. There was a part, like I mentioned, that I wanted to just be like, well, you know, mail time, we do get a lot of toys and stuff, so I'll mark that as for kids, but if I do a haul video where it's just me talking about a Lego set, I feel like that's safe. But again, kids probably like haul videos. Kids like seeing you collect things. Shopping videos, kids like seeing you go to the stores. Like, kids like so much, and I'm like a big kid myself, and I just wanna share all of these things with the world. And uh, it's it's a little scary to do that. So I, again, I think for at least right now, I've had people ask me like, what am I gonna do? And that's mainly why I'm making this video. What am I gonna do and how am I gonna plan for this? At least for now, I'm gonna go on the safe side and say, okay, my stuff is, is made for kids. And then I wanna see in 2020, this goes into effect on January 1st, I wanna see how the FTC reacts. Are we gonna see a lot of people get hit? Are people gonna, is this not gonna be as bad as what it seems? Are people gonna test the system and find out that 
you know, unless you are blatantly lying and you're making like a preschool video and you're, you're showing like colorful like letters and stuff and showing people how to spell and you're like, yeah, it's not for kids. It's for adults to teach their kids and you try to skirt the system. Are those going to be the ones that get hit versus a dude that's in his basement showing a, a Lego set that he likes? It's hard to say. So I think I'm going to go into self-preservation mode here for beginning of 2020 and see how this goes. There is one community here that I think is going to have a massive impact on whether this, whether the, it's going to have a massive impact on the Lego community. And that community is the gaming community because gaming is way bigger than what Lego is. And you have people very successfully playing Minecraft, Roblox, uh, Fortnite. And I've seen these people come out and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm scared, but then people are like, well, I might be playing Roblox and it might be very tailored to kids and appealing to kids and fall into all these categories that I read off to you earlier. But they're like, I deliver it in a more like adult way. I'm kind of like edgy and I think I'm gonna be okay. Again, do you think the FTC is gonna sit down and watch 10 minutes of your video to determine that you're this edgy dude that's doing Roblox videos? They're gonna watch the gameplay for, for 10 seconds and be like, four kids. At least I think so. Again, policing this is gonna be a huge issue because if you think about the sheer amount of stuff that's uploaded to YouTube on a regular basis, they're gonna have trouble. Also, YouTube is gonna be running their algorithm to determine these things and marking your videos as well, which they've done an okay job with. I've seen videos of mine that, you know, should have definitely been marked and they were, and I've seen videos that maybe should have been marked and weren't, and initially I felt like I was in, I was in the safe zone with those, but now I don't feel so good, so. It's a, it's a scary time, my friends, especially if you're someone like me that relies on this for income. Luckily, my wife is very supportive. She has a full-time job. She has her health insurance and all that. And I've always said, when I went all in on this, I said, this could end any time. I never thought that it would be like this. I thought it'd be like, you know, YouTube's not shutting down. Like, I don't think it's going anywhere. But I didn't think that me making Lego videos and sharing my life with the world and my son and like my whole family, my pets, everything. I didn't think that would be the, th the be my downfall, if that makes sense. Like, how is that possible? And then I also think about, while we're talking about getting flagged by the FTC, I think about the random guy or girl that say in 2008, they made this video of their kid doing something cute or funny or whatever. They were just trying to, you know, see what it's like to upload a YouTube video. And they uploaded that video in 2008 and they moved on with their life. They haven't been back since. The video's been sitting there. Maybe it started doing okay. Maybe kids started watching it because it was funny. And to, and like say YouTube goes through and crawls these, these pages and they, they get to that video and they don't mark it as made for kids. And this guy who hasn't been on YouTube in over 10 years, he doesn't know what's going on, on YouTube. He doesn't know that this is about to happen. He, like if I wasn't on YouTube, I wouldn't know this is gonna happen. We're heavily involved in YouTube. Even if I just watch regular videos, I wouldn't know this is gonna happen. What's this guy gonna do when the FTC comes across his video and be like, yeah, that's for kids. He didn't market for kids because he's not an active user. They don't care. And then they hit him with a $42,000 fine. Can you imagine being that dude that uploaded a video 10 years ago and you're just sitting at home having breakfast, the mail comes, you open up a letter and you got a $42,000 fine because of a two minute video that you made in 2008. Like. How is that even possible and how, like, how? Just how? But it is possible and that's why things are a little scary. I'm okay with taking less revenue from this. If I can still share my, my story and my life, I'm fine with that. And I do wanna talk about this a little bit. I wanna talk about 
what I'm going to do. This is the part of the video that I think most people have come to see. In fact, I might even timestamp this down below just so people can get right to this. If you don't wanna hear all the backstory because you're like me and you watched every single video on this that you could possibly find and you just got yourself all kinds of worried and dwelling and you're probably gonna have some type of major health problem because of this, let's talk about what I'm gonna do. Number one, the number one thing, I don't wanna overreact and quit YouTube. I've seen a lot of videos. In fact, let me practice my YouTube thumbnail for these videos. This is what they do. They put they put their hand in their face like, oh, this is gonna be my thumbnail right here. No, I'm just kidding. Don't overreact. Don't quit YouTube. Keep keep doing what you wanna do. Maybe put less time into it if you think that this is just gonna, if it's a sinking ship, maybe put less time into it. But I don't wanna overreact because even marking stuff as kids, again, I think that if there is this huge, vast number of people, including gamers, toy people, family vloggers, if all these people are forced to mark their content as for kids, advertisers are gonna want a piece of that, right? Like, you're not just gonna wanna leave all these videos just sitting there not making any money. Obviously, you'd like personalized ads as an advertiser because you know exactly who you're targeting, but why wouldn't you like a little piece of whatever? Like, you know, these family vloggers especially, I don't watch too many of them, but I think of like Roman Atwood, for example. He's got what, like 15, 20 million subscribers, something like that. Are you just gonna like not advertise on his videos because it's made for kids? Heck no, you're gonna be a part of that. So I think that 60 to 90% reduction that you're seeing right now is only because personalized ads are available everywhere. I think once kids' videos, especially because kids are so susceptible to advertising, as YouTube probably knows, and that's the reason that they were violating this. And again, I should make it clear that YouTube is the one that was in the wrong here. All they have really done is forced the liability onto the creators. Now they're like, well, you said it was not for kids and it's for kids. Pay the fine. It's not on us. We told you to mark it. So that's something to be very clear. And I think some of the videos have done a really good job of really laying the hammer down on YouTube because, of course, they don't market it that way. You know, so I'm not gonna overreact. I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. I love sharing my life. I share my, right now I'm in the process of sharing my last year home alone with Clark, like as a stay-at-home dad and having him, you know, in preschool before he goes up to kindergarten. I plan to continue sharing that until June or whenever, whenever summer starts. And then we'll kind of go from there. I may have to change my content up a little bit on Greg's world, but again, I don't want to not do what I'm doing right now. That's so badly worded, but I'm passionate about what I do. I don't make videos because I think they're gonna make money. I make videos because that's what we're doing and that's what I love. And that falls into the Lego space as well. I share my Lego collecting journey. I share that with my son. If it turns out that my son is a child actor, I'm gonna mark those videos as made for kids. If it turns out that I, as a 34 year old dude, can sit here and share that journey with you like I am now and maybe not be so focused on showing you the, the sets and things, I might be able to get away with making this a video that's not made for kids. Like I might have to change up how I share my story. My short, my story might be in spoken word as opposed to visual. Like I might be able to tell you that I got this Lego set, maybe put a little box up here in the corner showing you what it looks like or a little picture in picture type thing. But I think the people that are gonna survive this in the Lego space, if it really is as bad as what it seems, are gonna be people like me. They're gonna be people like MNR Productions, people like Brixar that have a, a presence. And I've always told you guys, and I've always felt this way that I think you're here for me. You're not here for the sets. The people that are making videos for the sets, like speed builders, reviewers, Lego news people, where all you're showing is the Lego stuff, I think you're gonna have a rough run going forward, at least as things look right now, if nothing changes. But again, those ad rates might go up, everything might be okay, it just might be made for kids. But then you have the other situation with the comments that are lost, and that really 
that's that's hurtful. Losing the comments is the worst thing. And that wasn't mandated by the FTC. That's just something YouTube did. The notifications, all that stuff, if they in fact bury your videos and you never see them and no one can find them, that becomes a problem. So my big plan is just to kind of keep doing what I'm doing, keep making the content that I enjoy, wait and see how the FTC polices this and forces it, see what the gaming community does, see what other toy people do, Lego people. If we all, this is like the Area 51 mentality. If we all do it wrong, Maybe they, they can't catch us all, but I don't want to be the person that they get. So I'm going to play it safe, at least for the beginning of 2020, and we'll see where this goes. Um, what it's going to look like in this channel, again, more solo videos, probably vlog style like this, where we're kind of talking. I think I always have a future as a podcaster, so I could do stuff like this. I don't think this is enough money to like cover my expenses and stuff, but again, is I, I, do, I do rely on this as my source of income, but if it went to zero, I could... I could find something. I'm still very employable. I could go back to work, but it's very hard. What do they say? It's harder to have loved and lost and never loved at all. I found my passion in this world. And the thing, the one thing that I think I'm really good at or somewhat good at is sharing, sharing my life, sharing my story and making online video. I love it. And to make a living at that is such, such an amazing gift. I honestly, I've told people that I feel like I've won the lottery and to lose that really makes me sad, but I, I'm gonna play the long game here and I think this is gonna work out. It might even get worse, I don't know, I don't know. That's why I'm dwelling on this and I'm worried because I'm also making some big life changes here too that I'm making commitments that, I'm making commitments in a very dangerous time. So this channel might change a little bit. It might be more of this. If you like talking to me, that's fine. I may have to do some focusing on other platforms as well for communicating. Like if we lose our uh, comments, I do have a subreddit the Brickitech subreddit. So maybe we can, I'll post the video there and we can talk about it in the, in the Reddit comments. That can be the place where I talk to people. Uh, I have Instagram where I can show photos of what we're working on. And that may be like the notification tab, essentially. I see people all the time and it kind of irks me when I see it, when they just have a screenshot of their video and it says link in bio. I look at Instagram as something where I wanna share something extra with you, like a photo, a never before seen photo or like a preview or something. But it, I may have to do that too. I might have to, if you can't if you can't beat them, join them, I guess. And I may have to be like, okay, new videos out on YouTube. You didn't get notified, but here it is. Here's your notification. I always have the Patreon thing. Right now I have 25 patrons, which I'm very thankful for. And that makes, uh, I think like a little over $100 a month. I may have to take that to the next level. I don't necessarily want to do that because I've done the community polls and I know most of my audience is in like the 13 to 19 range. And I know a lot of those kids, they, they don't have money to pay for these things. So I wanna use that as a very last resort if I have to, like to actually force content over to there. But I see people talking about that. I see people saying like, oh, if only one half of 1% of my audience donated a dollar and then I put my stuff here. And it, it kind of makes sense, I suppose. There's a guy that I follow that does just like his vlogs and he does like a weekly exclusive vlog on Patreon. He does $5 per month and he's got like 500 people that want to see those vlogs. So there's $2,500 a month, which is very comfortable for me. I could live my, my life dream, which is being a Lego creator on $2,500. So that that is a possibility. Obviously it takes something to build up to. If you think you're going to go to another platform to avoid this, I don't really know if there's a good alternative. And if even if you're like, I'll just become a gamer on Twitch or whatever, eventually they're gonna crack down there too. I think this is gonna be a widespread thing. So there's no avoiding it. You might as well just stick with what you know and what you love. And for me, that's YouTube. Um, again, it just kind of comes down to adapting and moving forward is what I have on here. And 
Most importantly, not giving up on my dream just yet. If I've made anything clear, it's that I'm not going anywhere. I'm not gonna be one of those people that's just like, I'm quitting because it's not worth it anymore. I would make videos even if there was no revenue to be earned. In fact, the first year on YouTube that I did, I didn't earn a penny from this. I've just had passion for it and I love sharing videos. I love making them specifically. I like having a video time capsule of my life and I like putting that out to the world and getting the feedback on it. And that part of it's gonna be kind of taken away. So that's where we're at. I just want you guys to know that I'm always gonna be here. I'm gonna do whatever I can to keep this community alive as well. I was thinking this morning on maybe through live streams, we're gonna lose, the, the Lego community is gonna be destroyed by this if we all have to mark our videos as for kids or at least the majority of them. I won't even be able to tell people that I've watched their video that I loved it, but I can keep the community alive by doing live streams. Whether it's me and my buddies or just me or whatever, I'll do a live stream where it's just the camera's facing me. I might be building a set. You may not be able to see it because I'm afraid if I show it, then it's made for kids. But it's a place where if you mark a live stream is not for kids, assuming they still let me do it, we can have a conversation there. The chat will be live. We can, we can talk. I don't want to lose you guys because for me, I'm not going to get emotional. This platform, the biggest thing to me on Brickitect is the community that I have here. I've worked very hard over two years, putting a lot of time and effort into sharing everything that I can. And I've built up a community that I absolutely love. And I appreciate you guys for being here with me. And I'm gonna get emotional, but oh, I really hate to lose that. I love seeing all you guys and I get to know people and I, it's just gonna be a big question mark. So maybe we'll use these other platforms. Maybe this won't be as bad as it seems. Maybe things will work out. Maybe the ad revenue will work its way out and I can still live this dream and keep doing what I love to do here with you guys. It's a big mystery. And that's why I said when I started this that I'm just, I'm just tired of thinking about this. I'm tired of dwelling on it. But again, it's reality. So we'll see what happens from here. I wanna thank you guys so much for joining me on episode nine of missing pieces, not the episode I want to make, but had to, and I really don't want to talk about this anymore going forward, unless I have to. If, if changes come up, I'll talk about it, but this is where I stand, and, and hopefully you got some value out of this. If you're a Lego creator, and you're trying to figure out how to mark your videos, I would probably take my approach, and I think a lot of other people's approaches, which is to be safe than sorry, but if you want to roll the dice and be that guy that gets the $42,000 fine, or maybe nothing will come of it, and you just skate along, I don't know. I can't, I can't advise you. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe I, maybe I should go to be a lawyer. That way I can start earning some money again. <laughs> but yeah, that's it guys. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for being a part of this community. We'll keep this alive and I'm going to keep sharing my, my dream and my life with you, my Lego collecting journey. It's all going to be here. Thank you guys. And we'll see you in the next, we'll find you in the next missing pieces.